0: We have an emergency what is your location rescue radio because there's a war for your soul
1: thank you god for the revelation of jesus christ that has established victory, peace, and salvation in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are victorious over the evil one. No matter how big and scary he looks, you have defeated him already. We thank you, Lord God, that we choose to believe you, and that is the whole point of faith. Whose report are you going to believe? And so we thank you, Lord, that as we believe your report, we side with you, we vote with you, we declare your will be done on earth and through us as it's being done and declared in heaven. As Jesus also prayed, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation. Father God, we thank you for the divine interventions that you often uh, put in our lives that we don't even recognize, where you have delivered us from evil and protected us even when we didn't think to ask or even take time to thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your faithfulness. May you become more and more real to us as we become more and more aware of you in these critical days. Each day is a is. You know, like seven, eight days rolled into one as we go so intensely and fast into this, into the future. Lord, I pray for divine protection. I pray for the power of your spirit to be released in and through us. Lord God, that we are saved. We know who you, we are. We know who you are. We walk in the truth of who we are. We're not afraid. We're not discouraged, Lord God. And give us divine protection. Um, because you have promised that protection. You are the shield, you said, put shields of God around yourselves, put the shields of God around us, Lord God, to keep us from the evil one uh, and lead us, Lord, in the places of p- protection and safety and the promises, fulfill promises, Lord. Encourage the hearts of the remnant. Encourage the hearts of those who've been discouraged. Lift us up. Give us um, encouragement today as we look to you and your word, and we thank you for it, Father God, because it is awesome. It is true. It is life in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, perhaps one of the greatest questions in all of life is this. What must I do to be saved?
1: Yeah, we talked about that a little bit we last week. We talked about
0: that last time, so that's <laughs>
1: came kind of a, a springboard for what we're going to talk a about today. Springboard
0: for what we're talking about today. Let's let's take a look at Acts chapter sixteen to kind of find a setting for what we're talking about here today. So we've got Paul and Silas, two great followers of Jesus. They'd been severely beaten and thrown into prison because they had cast an evil spirit out of a young slave girl who was making her masters a lot of money by fortune-telling. These men were placed in the inner prison, the inner part of the prison, nothing fancy like what we have today. Their backs were bleeding, their legs were stretched apart, their feet were fastened tightly in the stocks. Yet at midnight, they were praying and singing praises to God. In the and midst
1: they, of all that pain. And
0: yeah, and the Bible says the other prisoners heard them. And then suddenly there was a great earthquake, and here's what the word says. The foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he knew, I mean, if the pri- he's responsible for the keeping of the prisoners and if they go out, he's dead, right? Mm-hmm, if yeah. they escape, mm-hmm. he's dead. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we're all here. We didn't, we're, all of us prisoners are still here. We haven't run away. It's not a big jailbreak here. Mm-hmm. He says, then he called for a light and ran in, this is the jailer, Mm -hmm. and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So this is... Interesting,
1: isn't it? Yeah. All of this ruckus... All of this, you know, it's totally not the subject of salvation we're talking about here. We're talking about keeping prisoners from escaping. This man's job is to keep them uh, from not running out, and and then he would be responsible, and then he would be executed for not keeping, you know, the prisoners. And so he's saying, I saw something here that was way beyond what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of Rome. I'm afraid of, you know, losing my job, losing my head. Yeah. but this... There's what, something
0: more than that That, that this point. That's in this bigger question. in the salvation.
1: Yeah. What must I do to be saved? So he's saying that these men weren't acting like prisoners at all. They were singing praises. I'm sure they were in pain. I'm sure they could have complained. I'm sure they could have murmured. I'm sure they could have given place to where was God and why didn't God come through and look at where we are now. And that's exactly what we would all be tempted. That's a temptation to, to give place to... The pain, the murmuring, the reality, the oh no's, the what if, what's going to happen now, what's going to happen next.
0: Quite certainly, this jailer was aware of the charges against Paul and Silas. In other words, they were preaching Jesus Christ. They were preaching Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he knew that there was this big, basically, a riot because they'd cast a demon out of this. Demonized girl. Right. So he knew. And mm-hmm. he knew this is what it was. There's something about And how could these guys, he's never had prisoners
1: like this with yeah, these kinds of charges before. Singing praises well, to God. Thinking, Put what, what it all together. What they're in jail for is casting out a demon. Yeah, that that's what really scary. Took, that's what really, that's took probably why they were off. double bound, you know, in the stocks and chained and whipped. And I mean, you know, that's because this is scary because if these people have the power to cast out demons, we don't know who these people are,
0: right? And they're they're affecting the whole economy of 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 Philippi because this they were right. using this girl. The business people were using this girl to basically call what was going to go on in the stock market of the because day of the her, day of the day. There was no stock market per se, but her advice and her telling of the future: should I buy this? Should I sell this? How should I? Who should I meet? And who should I make a deal with? All that sort of stuff. That was coming through the power of Satan through this girl.
1: Right. And so the fear. Uh, from the society, the people, the local people, the people who had Paul and Silas locked up. The fear was that these guys have access to a power source. We have access to a power source. It's called divination. It's a demon. It's deception. We like it. We like what they're helping us get these words of knowledge regarding what's, what's next but these guys have a bigger power source because they just Mm. they just zapped out our power source by casting out the spirit of divination so these guys are to be feared we need to lock them up and in the in the exploitation in the fear and the in their attempts to lock up these powerful men of god um the power in the men of god exploded the prison and it, the earthquake came, shattered it, loosed everybody's chains. It's kind of like a, P- Peter had a similar kind of a jailbreak. His was a little different, but it was also very, very uh, miraculous. It was unexplainable. It was non-coincidental. Uh, and so it was theirs. You could not explain this. But the jailer was afraid. I think the fear of God came upon him because before that he was afraid of men. He was afraid of what they would say or do uh, to him and his family.
0: There's a, a gnawing question that's, I believe, in the heart of every person, and, and, and or a, a realization, right, that there is something wrong with me.
1: Mm. There's something
0: wrong with me that I need to do something to correct.
1: Right right and satan wants to use that question he he kind of lays that out in a subco- in your subconscious kind of in a way of of just kind of like you know contaminating the identity that we have come from god just kind of shadowing that kind of kind of deleting that he can't really delete it but he can obscure it and so what's wrong with me something's wrong with me and i believe a lot of people a lot of people if i think probably everybody i don't know if there's one person that has escaped some form of accusation, condemnation, guilt, or or charges Satan has pressed against us for some reason. So we see here in the natural, Paul and Silas had charges pressed against them, pressed against them. But we also see that in our own lives, we're locked in jails, if you will. Uh, Our city souls have been overtaken with generational curses, iniquities, sins, all kinds of choices and things that we've made that Satan is using now against us to lock us up. And so, um, were what have I done? I've done something bad. There must be something wrong with me. That's the whole the whole argument Satan uses is uh, he puts the question there. What did I do wrong? I must have done something wrong. There's something wrong with me. I did it wrong. And then therefore now we're on this this wild goose chase, this never ending treadmill. I've got to do it over. I've got to do it right. I've got to do it again. I've got to make you know something good out of my life. It's up to me, and so we we're like that. That is there a like a, a, a gerbil on a treadmill or something where you just never and th- there's always there's no rest. There's always another thing, another thing, and what's wrong with me? A lot of people are conceived in that place of in their in their very conception, their parents are doing something that is probably not right, right. and that that sin of the generations is immediately immediately passed on to the to that newly conceived being human being and so we have no idea as that newly conceived human being what's going on and so that whole lie of what must i do i have to do something to be something that's really the whole parameter what satan sets up in our minds and hearts i've got to do to be and jesus said no 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 it's out of being and abiding comes the doing but satan twists everything around So the jailer was asking a good question. What Mm. must I do to be saved? Because that's the only thing really legitimately that we have to do to be saved. We already are sons and daughters, but we have to come into a new revelation of salvation.
0: Oh, remember the rich young ruler? Yeah. He said, what must I do?
1: To inherit.
0: To inherit eternal life. Mm -hmm. So you don't really do something to inherit something. You're just there. You don't have to do something in particular uh, to uh, as a son or a daughter to obtain the inheritance of your parents is because you're there.
1: You're their child. You're, you're and their that, child. And so you're, and you're that the sort natural of heir of it. And but, so, yeah, and so we don't do. But the, the rich young ruler, was op, he was on this religious kick of keeping the commandments and thinking if I did them all just right, there's no way they could refuse me and let me into heaven. And so this is a lot of, I think, what people think is if, I, if I'm if i so, so good, so perfect, they can't deny me heaven, even though I maybe haven't exactly done what they said, which is to accept Jesus. I maybe didn't do that because maybe my church didn't say I had to do that. But my church told me over and over and over, I had to be good. So we're being so, so good or we've given up on being so, so good. And now we're so, so bad because we can't be good. Uh, that we still think it's about something I do, but the only thing we really do is call upon the name of the Lord that we might be saved, and that's what the jailer did. He said he recognized there's a po- a power and a force greater than the the thing he feared. It was something he feared more than that.
0: If, if you get you know to recognize, he knew that there was just something wrong, and he was scared. But here's a, for centuries there's people that have given many different answers to this question. You know, um, what 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 must I do to improve myself? What must I do to be saved? To to have a better concept of myself, or to um, make other people respect me, or whatever it is? And how can I uplift myself? So, so some of the ways that we've sought to answer this question: What must I do to be saved? I mean, and and it's it's something that's it, it's it's innate with us. We might mm-hmm. not say that question verbatim, mm-hmm. what must they do to be saved? But we think, well, if, if people, you know, if we have a, just to have a better environment, if we have a better place, we have better living conditions. More education. You know, that, that's going to yeah. be a, a solution. Yeah. You put, you put people in the ghetto in a brand new building and pretty soon the brand new building becomes a ghetto. Mm-hmm. And so if the inner, I, if the heart
1: is not, changed, if the heart is not changed. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Uh, so we think that, you know, we can be saved through a relationship mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, there's love songs from <laughs> way Ever. back yeah. about, you know, Oh, if I just have you, um, I don't want anybody but you and, and you're my savior, you're, you're my, my life, you're my hope. And and you, we can, we can be saved, else. right? We can be saved through a, a husband, a wife, family, friends, mm-hmm. um, or we think, okay, I can be saved if I have enough money, if I have enough stuff mm-hmm. that will be, give me uh, security and, and, and enjoyment, yeah. and I'll be okay. You know, the, the Bible says that a rich man's wealth is his strong city. Right. You know, you, you know, you think that's that's where I'm safe. Uh, some people believe that they're saved can be saved through having power or influence, or uh, fame, protection, or mm-hmm. safety.
1: Well, exactly. And Nicodemus came to Jesus, and he said, "What must I do to be saved?" I think he actually asked those exact words in John chapter three. Um, and Nicodemus uh, said, "He he he, uh, he was a man. Um, how can a man be? Let's see. What did he say? How did he, unless a man? What was his question?" came to jesus by night rabbi we know that you are a teacher come from god for no one can do these signs so he was being impressed by the signs believing that this might be god or some form of god or even the son of god he was curious uh you know can't do these things unless god is with him so he was trying to figure out who jesus was he kind of came with that question uh who are you and jesus said he didn't answer that question he just, he went on to the real subject and he said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus was questioning, searching after knowledge and, and wanting to understand things, which is okay. You want knowledge, you want to understand, but you want to understand it from the right source. And so Jesus said to him, you must be born again. He's Jesus again is talking in parables. He's talking uh, so that people can, as, 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 a, as a spiritual, as a it's a spiritual application or parable to explain a human thing that we, we can't grasp except through spiritual uh, content. And he says, Nicodemus he says, well, what, what, what? I have to be going into my mother's womb and be born again. He's taking this literally, obviously. And Jesus said to him, um, you have to be born of water, which is the natural birth, and the spirit. And unless that happens, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Those who are born in a natural way are not automatically uh, established in the kingdom of God as born in the Spirit. They, they're they born of flesh, and, and there's those that are born of the Spirit. Now, you can be born of both flesh and Spirit if you're saved, born again. That means when you say born again, you mean you mean just indicate or uh, imply that they died. They died.
0: Right. And Except
1: a, a man die. Except it, a corn of wheat fall, it, die and fall into the ground. It's a
0: spiritual rebirth. You, and, and yeah. You, there's a physical birth, and then there's a... Spiritual birth, and then yeah, where you well, come, or come alive to be in connected connection with the Lord. Because this is the this there's this disconnect that we have. Well, I yeah. mean, even though God yeah. is everywhere present, we're not really connected with Him relationally, or through, we don't know that. Yeah, because and we don't know mm-hmm. that. But that this is really. Why we have this void is because there's this disconnect between us Mm -hmm. and God.
1: Yeah, disconnection, exactly. Sin disconnects or separates us from from God. And so being born again implies that there is a death, like I said. And what that means is there has to be a conversion. You have to be converted from living in the natural world, the natural life, the natural man, to be converted to living your natural life in a spiritual plane. And that means you still are in the flesh. Paul says... um, uh, he's still in the flesh, but he's he's no longer, he's he says he's crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live yet not now I, uh, but the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the grace of the Son of God. So you're living in the natural plane, still having natural needs and things like food, clothing, shelter, et cetera. But at the same time we' we've we've moved up into a place where we're converted and we realize there's something more, to life than just getting our earthly, or I mean, our our heaven, or yeah, earthly needs met, and so that conversion, and I believe, the the Philippian jailer at that moment became converted. He flipped over from being just working in a natural world, thinking what I have to do to be saved. Paul flipped over from just living in the natural world. Peter flipped over and got converted when he denied Christ. This is a conversion process. It's part of the, it's it's the next level up from being born again. You have to be converted. That means you have to die. You have to recognize it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me.
0: Yeah, and some people try to save themselves through pleasure, entertainment. Um, they're distracted by all these, all kinds of things. I would say education. Oh, man, if I just have more education, I'll have a better job. I'll have more respect. I'll have more money. I think, you know, education. Some people think education will save. Or here's the thing, religion. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have the right religion and if I do the right things within that religion to satisfy whatever my idea of God is, Mm-hmm. Then I'll be saved, and then so Satan people, is the
1: master religion. Yeah, he, he's got every kind of penance every, every and prescription, it, and, every yeah.
0: brand of it out there possible, you know.
1: And, and none, and none of them are endorsed by the Lord God. So I mean, they're all, you know, try this, try that, try this, and then you finally end up giving up because nothing really fills that emptiness or and, that void. And
0: then some people just think, well, if I just do, you know, if I do good works. But then you run it, you know, I, I could be saved. And then I get karma working for me, right? Mm-hmm. If I do enough good things, good things will come back to me and I'll be saved. But then you run into the problem of Romans 7 where Paul says, I want to do the right thing, but then I find myself doing the wrong thing. Right. So that's a frustration too. Right. Your intention is to do good works, but then you you, you do, maybe you do a few of them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, you end up kind of going on a downward spiral. And then you figure, okay, this is not good works is not working for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, going back to what Jesus said, you know, when he was being har- harassed and hounded by the the Pharisees that the and the scribes who were the experts on religion and and law and you know whatever they thought God has pres- had prescribed for that that nation to follow, they'd made those rules into burdens too grievous to be borne. They laid them on other people. They put those expectations and. Uh, parameters on other people but he said jesus you don't even do them yourself you're hypocrites but in 39 he says 539 he says you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life he's talking to the scribes and pharisees he says um he says "You, you think you have eternal life but these are they which testify of me but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life um so in other words we have to come to him. We have to humble ourselves to come to Jesus. And most people, nowadays, say, well, who's Jesus? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, wasn't he a, a historical figure? I think, wasn't he a prophet or something? They don't know anymore. We're, we're in a, a dark age. We're in the dark ages again where there is mm. very little light as to who and what is the truth. Um, and if you don't know, um, then, then you need to know. Otherwise, you won't be able to show anybody else um, it's Jesus says, uh, he says the father himself sent me. He testifies of me. Uh, but you, he's talking to the Pharisees. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. So he's saying, you're not getting it. You don't see it. Even when I'm speaking right in front of you and you're looking right at me, you don't see him. You don't get it, but you do not have, because you do not have his word abiding in you because him whom you sent him, you do not believe. So the part of the recognizing is like he says in, in 832 uh, of John, he says, um, he who has his word, it says, Jesus says unto the Jews again, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth of such free." So the caveat or the prerequisite to freedom is abiding in his word, not abiding in the, the, the lip service to the word or not abiding in what other people say or what even certain doctrines and and denominations teach, but abiding in the words of Jesus, then you are my disciples. So we we don't go indirectly to Jesus. We go directly to Jesus. I don't go through a priest or a prophet or a a, a holy man. I go directly to Jesus in my prayer closet. I talk to him. You talk to God and his spirit, talks to your spirit, and then your spirit educates your soul. Your soul doesn't know what it thinks it knows. Your soul, we use our souls all the time, mind, will, and emotions to figure things out. But that's not where we get the truth. The truth comes from knowing Jesus Christ and then knowing that truth sets us to, into freedom, which means we're free from fear.
0: The question is, too, what do we need to be saved from?
1: Ourselves. Ourselves. This evil world. This present Eternal evil world, damnation.
0: Eternal damnation. That's The enough. lake of fire. Yeah. Right. And, and you say,
1: well, why would God throw someone into the lake of fire if he's so good? God didn't make the lake of fire for any of us. It wasn't made for us. It was made because he had to have a place to put the devil, which he knew he was going to need in the end. And so, But Satan takes all those who agree with him, who vote for him. See, there's God, there is heaven and hell. God is, Heaven has a vote, hell has a vote, and you have a vote. And so if you're going to vote with the devil... I'm bad, stupid, no good, I believe the devil, he's my friend, he's giving me what I want. You're voting with him, then you're going to be with him. You're going to live with him. You're not going to, you can't, God doesn't force anyone to go to heaven. If you prefer to go to hell, you prefer to listen to the devil, God is not going to force you. Even if at the very, very end, 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 you say, oh no, oh no, I made a mistake. After it's too late, it's too late.
0: Yeah, you're going to be forever with the one you served.
1: Right, and if you're in the middle of the road and half-hearted and half-lukewarm, Jesus said, I will spit you out of my mouth. He says, I would that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. But my question is, how is it It's so hard for us to accept love and the love of God and the free gift of eternal salvation? Why is that so hard? If someone came, knocked on your door, and you won the whatever sweepstakes, and they gave you a $100,000 check or a brand new shiny 2024 or whatever vehicle, you'd accept it. You'd be excited, you'd call your neighbors, you'd have a, you'd take a picture, you'd send it to on put on Facebook. You'd do everything you could to share your good fortune with everybody because you think that's really something I just got somebody just handed me a hundred thousand dollars. Whoa, my life is gonna, you know, be redeemed now. And and, and so yet yeah, but, but but we have something much more precious than that. Eternal salvation. God works in you both the will and do of his good pleasure. Where his were good, we've got our, our reservations in heaven. You've got your reservations at the most important, swanky, powerful, beautiful, eternal, lovely place in the universe. You have reservations there at the table, the marriage supper of the Lamb, if you will.
0: Well, Paul writes that the God of this age, world, the God yeah. of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, part of the issue is that we were the reason that we don't see is because we're blind. We don't see the light because we're blind. And a blind we don't know person, we're blind. Mm-hmm. right? A blind person, or someone who is totally blind, if if they're, uh, they can go into a room full of light. Full of beauty, full full of of beautiful items, full of beautiful Mm -hmm. furnishings, full of beautiful food, or whatever it is. But they can't see it. Why? Because they're blind. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is that the Lord, He has broken the power of blindness. Mm -hmm. He's illuminated our darkness through, you know, Jesus Christ. So when that happens, when there's that realization that comes to a person said, you know, I need to be saved. You know, like the, well, the, jailers, the Philippian, like, Ju- yeah, yeah. Philippian jailers, yeah. he came to a crisis point in his life. Mm-hmm. What must mm-hmm. I do to be saved? And in other words, he was he was ready. He recognized it was darkness mm-hmm. there. Yes. And And the word came to him. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you shall, shall be, be saved, saved, you and your household, and you, you know, and your family.
1: You know, when Paul got converted, he, like you mentioned last time, I think it was, he said, Lord what must I do? Or He called Jesus Christ. Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? Yeah, what would you have me do? So so the thing is, until we get a revelation that we're lost, until we get a revelation that we're dead, lost, wandering, that life is pointless, and at that point of realizing life is pointless, there's the danger of committing suicide. There's a danger of, well, forget it then. Just go, just be done with it. And if there's not truth at that point, at that juncture of hopelessness, People often do just commit suicide. And and so we, we want to be there to be at that place where we can rescue them through the truth and say, you know what? You don't have to die. You can live. And by the way, if you're done with that life, then give it to the Lord and let him live your life through you. If you're done with it, so done with it that you want to throw it away and destroy it. And it, it means nothing to you anymore. You just want to get rid of it. Give it to God. Give it to God. And those of you who are listening, who, can, who are able, can find those people who are in those critical points in their life at that juncture of life and death, and bring them to life through the truth, through the word of your testimony, through the faithfulness of God. Because it says in Ephesians, God is in us, working in us, both to will and do of his good pleasure. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So God is faithful to complete the work he's begun in us. It's not really our job to do the work. It's our job to follow him, and he will do the work. And this is a lot easier because then you don't have to figure out how you're going to be great, how you're going to do good things, how you're going to be recognized, how you're going to be eternally saved. You don't have to figure out none of that stuff. You just follow Jesus because you had the revelation that Jesus knows where he's going and what's going on and what I need to do to be saved. And salvation is just the beginning. There's not just saying salvation. There's sanctification. There's new life in Christ. There's uh, words of knowledge, gifts of the Spirit, all kinds of um new things God has for us.
0: Yeah. Salvation is not a matter of getting religion. Sometimes people get saved and they share about Jesus and somebody tells them, Oh, you've got religion now. No, this is not about getting religion. It's mm-hmm. becoming coming alive from the dead. Mm-hmm. It's a resurrection. It's it's a new life. It's becoming a new creation. It's not just, you know, you know, saying, Okay, now I gotta go to church all the time. Uh, you know, or uh, practice certain things, or deny myself, and all that sort of things. It's a it's a whole new life. Salvation means basically in the Hebrew it, w- word is shalom. It's a it's a wholeness. Mm-hmm. It's a completeness. It's it's becoming Completion. who you have been designed to be right, by complete. the Lord God Himself.
1: And to be complete, we actually have to die, in in many ways, to get out of this world where Satan rules, the God of this world rules, we have to uh, you know, reckon the old man dead. We still are in this world domiciling here until the Lord calls us physically home to be with him. But we're, n- we're not yielding to Satan anymore because we're not of this world anymore. We're, we're now belonging to the kingdom of heaven. That's what salvation is. You belong to the kingdom of heaven. You recognize it, and you are, your allegiance and loyalty is to God. And I think of the verses in uh, John chapter 11 where Mary and Martha, their brother, had just died. And they were grief stricken and they were, you know, at that point where, where were you, Lord? Why weren't you there? What did, why did you let this happen? We were, I thought we were friends, da, da, da. I thought you loved Lazarus, blah, blah, blah. And Jesus said, and Martha says, um, uh, Jesus says, um, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know at the last day in the resurrection of the, of the just, at the last day, he'll rise again. Jesus said, no, no, no. He says, I am the resurrection and the life and I'm right here. Didn't say that part because obviously he was there. He didn't need to say that to her. Uh, he who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. So, this is the promise of eternal life. Though he may die, Lazarus died, he shall mm. live. Now, Jesus, most people that die don't resurrect again immediately to be restored to planet Earth. Uh, most of them go on, continue on to, into that corridor of eternity. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you not believe this? So so he's, he's, I'm the resurrection. I am the life that you're looking for. I am the life that can be, that can restore his life. It's like getting a, a jump on a battery charger. <laughs> you put it, hook it up to the life spark, which is God, Jesus, and he re-sparks your battery and gives you back life. And that's kind of what we're, we're talking about here. Now you have a life that you've given up your old life. It's not yours anymore. You're done with what you tried to do. You're, you're surrendering all that, saying, Lord, Thy will be done, not my will, but thy will be done. So salvation is really coming into full agreement with God and saying, you know what, thy will be done. I can't of my own self do nothing, and I'm going to let you have my life from here on out. And it doesn't mean like, okay, now my life's going to be dull and boring. Actually, right at that point, your life becomes very exciting and yeah, new. Yeah,
0: exactly. And uh, quoting Thomas, who we think of as doubting Thomas, but he actually <clears throat> excuse me, became believing Thomas. Said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? There's a great question. How can we know the way? Jesus is saying, I'm going to be leaving you. And and he says, well, I, and, the, and everybody here, the apostles, were saying, we want to get back to you. We want to go to where you we want, are. Yeah. We want to be with you. And what did Jesus say? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can no, no man or no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way. He is the truth. And he, he is the is one. The
1: his way lives in us, abides in us, because his spirit, he sent his spirit to live in us, and his spirit brings the way of Jesus. It's, it's truthful to Jesus, faithful to lead us in the ways of righteousness, peace, and truth in God. And so Jesus Christ, actually, you're not on your own. You're not alone. A lot of people say, I'm so alone. You're not if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You are not alone, and following him is a matter of obedience at that point. Obedience to the Spirit, not the soul, not fear, but obedience to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And he bears witness to your spirit, so your spirit picks up what God wants you to know, and that's what you do then, and not what the spirit, the soul says when he's whining and afraid and, and doubting. Do what God leads you to do, and do it with joy, and trust him to work it all out.
0: This Philippian jailer we've been talking about was ready to take his own life. Mm -hmm. And there is someone, someone's listening right now. You know someone that's suicidal. They're very close to taking their own life. And right now we say in the name of Jesus, we forbid this person from taking their own life. Mm -hmm. We forbid it in the name of Jesus. Amen, we do we forbid it and that they will come to know you lord that they yes. will believe in you some skilled, they might even mm-hmm. be people who they might this might even be a person who has a faith in jesus but they're being overcome right now by the lies of the enemy life has gotten to be too much in their minds mm-hmm. and the enemy is saying hey just take your own life end it mm-hmm. give it up there's no use there's no hope you person, liar, yeah. we come against yes, that liar that's lying to that person be that Jesus. you know. Mm-hmm. And we say no in the name of Jesus, no to suicide, no to this horrible death Despair. and destruction. We say, Lord, be there. Savior and Lord. to this person. Mm-hmm. Be the Savior here. Hallelujah. Let that person come to know you maybe through the person that's hearing this right now, this person that is suicidal, or maybe that's who you are today, but there's someone that you know someone that's about to commit their life; they're thinking about it, you might not realize it, but pray for them right now. Jesus. Sh- listen to them, Lift go them to them the as, as you can. And another thing too, it may you yourself may be considering ending your life we say no to that in the name of Jesus, that there is hope, there is truth. Just like the jailer who thought his, yeah. mm-hmm. he he thought, he, he thought his on. life was over. you will pass through. But he called on. He thought his life is over, and he called on the name of the Lord, and his whole family came to know Jesus.
1: And he was going to kill himself because he thought he was going to be dead anyway. Yeah. So Paul says, no, no, don't do that. So you now don't do that Accept Jesus be saved instead of suicide, that there be salvation in your life and true full salvation, not just to dip your toe in the water, dive in, immerse yourself, allow the Lord to take over your life because that's the only way you're going to survive this thing. So father God, we thank you for the love of the, of Jesus Christ to bring us to eternal life, deliver us from death, deliver us from evil and these souls who hear right now, Lord God, the power of your word, the power of your spirit, go through our words and ignite them, revive them, rejoice them, resurrect them, redeem them, save them, Give give them the revelation that they need to have to be saved. We trust you, Lord, that your word is powerful, your word is true, and your word does not return to you void. Amen. Amen. And we encourage you again to check out liferecovery.com share Rescue Radio with other people around you um, check it out for what we're doing we're doing a lot of things to work with people we have a setting captives free intensive starting in two weeks uh, on the 26th of November for people who are bound in addictions, tor- tormented uh, if you want to get set free we have a, an intensive that works to set people free from addictions it's a six day uh, intensive, and it only costs $250. If you don't have that, there's scholarships available. But check it out. Call liferecovery.com or call uh, Lost cheap Ministries as well because both are scheduling and uh, taking registrations for the Setting Captives Free intensive November 26th through December 2nd. And the numbers would be um, 763-458-2107, 612-618, five nine four seven um just check out the life recovery website for numbers and or um dave johnson at six one two four one four five five seven five that's six one two four one four five five seven five there's something you can do to help your friend god bless i have an emergency what is your location